Isn't Jesus good? It's good just to kind of relax in God's presence and, you know, enjoy His table. Just kind of rest in that. Just kind of be at peace with with what Jesus has, has already done. And so... Um, it's good to be together. Amen. Let's uh, let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. If you are a guest with us, we are in the book of, right, going through the book of Philippians, and so we have arrived at chapter 3 um, out of four chapters, so we're rolling along here quickly. Might even finish by the end of the year. <laughs> Probably not, though. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just we just welcome you right now, Lord, as we read your word. Open up our hearts to the truth that's in it. We choose to say yes to you, God. We choose to say yes to you. In Jesus' name. Let's read it, uh, follow along. It says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And so, I mean, this has, of course, that section there is probably one of the most famous passages in the Bible where, you know, it says, I, I want to know Christ. I just, you know, I consider everything else a loss compared to the greatness of knowing Jesus Christ. But Paul starts off there with some very interesting stuff that you read it. And if you read it without knowing what's going on, you're like, what is he talking about? Like, did you get that there when we start the going? You're like, yeah, this is good. Rejoice in the Lord. Cool, I'm, I'm on board with that. I like joy. That's good. Anybody like joy here? Anybody not like joy here? Raise your hand. Just kidding. So rejoice in the Lord. And then he says, watch out. Watch out for the dogs, the mutilators of the flesh. And you're like, whoa, that, that was 
Changed gears right there really quickly, right? We're like, what are we going on here? So what, what is Paul talking about? I mean, in one way, it seems like that Paul's like, he starts to close up the letter. And then he says, oh, wait a second. Well, I thought of something. Hold on. <laughs> so even Paul did that. Even Paul was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait a second. I'm going to talk about this right now real quick. And so he says, watch out for these guys, these, these people that are coming in. So what was happening in the church, you have to understand that, you know, when the church was first started, uh, it came from, you know, they came from being Jews and then they became Christians. And so then there were those who were not Jews were coming into the church. They were coming to faith in Jesus. And so what happened was a lot of these Jews were like, hey, we've been following God for a really long time. And there's some things that you have to do in order to follow God that have been the same for centuries and centuries, and you need to participate in them. So they said one of them is you've got to be circumcised. Because not everybody did that, you know, except the, the Jewish people. That was, their, that was their sign of the covenant with God. God says, here's how you set yourself apart and mark that you belong to me. It's like you're circumcised, Okay. On the eighth day, they would do it. You know, that's the, the Jewish law. You know, on the eighth day, the child would be circumcised and set apart and dedicated unto the Lord. And so what was happening was all these people were coming to faith. They're not Jews. And they're not circumcised. I don't know how they checked all this back then, but let's not think about that too long. Okay? So if you don't know what that is, ask your parents at home. Okay? So... Um, because I'm going to get myself in bad trouble here if we <laughs> start talking about this. But so they're like, hey, we, you got you to gotta do this to follow God. So this whole group of people are coming in and saying, that's great that you have Jesus. Now, let me tell you, there's one more thing you need to do. You've got you to be circumcised. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what, you know, it's going to hurt. But you've got to do this in order to follow in order to follow the Lord, this is what the way this is the way it's always been. This is what you do. This is this is how this is this is what we do in in we'll just say church. It wasn't church, but this is what we do in church. And so Paul has to combat this all over the place. It's like these people travel and show up in these churches and say, Hey, I know Paul's now been here, so now we're the second wave. We're going to come in here and we're going to give you all the stuff that Paul doesn't want to talk about yet. And so he's the starter and we're going to close it off here. We're going to we're going to bring the rest to you. And here's what you need to do. And so Paul, he uses very graphic language to tell you what he thinks of this. I mean, did you notice the language there? He, he says, hey, like he calls them dogs. OK, it wasn't like a nice term. It wasn't like, here's my nice, cute pet dog. Oh, my sweet little baby, right, Michael? You got your sweet little baby? No, this is not, this is like, you know, this is like, get the dog, get that dang dog out of here type thing, okay? And so he says, these mutilators of the flesh. And so they had these people that were coming in and they're literally saying, you have to follow this law in order to follow Jesus, in order to be right with God. Here's the additional things you need. And Paul is vehemently passionately saying no it's jesus alone it's faith in jesus alone it's not jesus plus there's no jesus plus plan you don't sign up for the jesus plus plan you don't get extra credit okay 
There's a lot, do you all like, did you all like extra credit in school? You know, it's like you get extra credit, then you can actually get over 100% somehow. It's like I scored higher than perfect. I mean, it's, it's amazing for students, people who like studying and doing well. You're like, even what's better than 100? 105. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. It's kind of like coming in and saying, yeah, you're super spiritual and you've got Jesus, but who doesn't want extra credit, right? Who doesn't want to get 105? So here's how you get 105. You've got to follow a bunch of rules. You've got to do these things. You gotta, you know, you're going to make yourself even better before God. And Paul is saying, no, that's not how we do it. We're the circumcision, he says. In other words, what he's saying is like, within ourselves, there is something that has happened in our hearts where we have a covenant now with God. In, in another book, Paul even says there's a circumcision of the heart. In other words, there is a change on the inside. It's not the change on the outside that matters first. It's the change on the inside. And we have to guard against this. You're like, how is that relevant to me? Yeah, we're not talking. There's nobody coming in here and saying circumcision check. Okay, we're going to check and see. Thank goodness we don't have to go into all that stuff. But, but, you know, there's other things that creep into our relationship with Jesus that we try to get 105. Where we try to say, well, this gives me extra credit. In other words, if I do this, I feel better before God. And that's how you know that you're dealing with something that is just a religious ritual or a religious activity where you are using that religious activity to make yourself right with God. Think about that. And I know these are not apples to apples, so I'm making an application, okay? We're, we're comparing apples and oranges and say there's both fruits, Okay. So, think about this. Do you feel better in your relationship with God? And what I mean is like, you feel God's more okay with you when you read your Bible more during the week. But should you? (laughs) We have commentary going on here. (laughs) Do you? Yes. Should you? Probably not. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, think about this. We base sometimes our relationship with God on what? Our performance. We're putting the the outward thing. Now, is reading your Bible good? Is there things that bless you? Well, absolutely. Of course. So that's where it's not apples to to apples with circumcision. Because you didn't need circumcision anymore. It's like it's over. God's like... We're done with that. But there are things in our lives where we can do religious performance and feel like that makes us in better standing with God. If Jesus is enough, then you're in the same standing with God if you read your Bible every single day and prayed for an hour every morning or if you totally ignored God and you showed up on Sunday morning, guess what? Where's the, what place do you stand in God according to Christ Jesus? In righteousness. Because your righteousness comes by what? Your trust in Jesus. And so that's what Paul is emphasizing here. He's saying, look, it's not, it's not your performance. 
It starts in the heart where you are changed on the inside and because of your trust in God. And that's really what it breaks down into. Am I going to trust myself or am I going to trust God? When I'm relying on all the good things I'm doing to make myself feel better before God, then guess what? I'm trusting myself. I'm believing that my performance earns my salvation. I mean, this is a hard mindset to break because we it's so easy to get into it when we follow the Lord. It's I mean, we all I do it. It's like, man, if I have a great week and I'm I'm feeling super spiritual, it's like, yeah, I'm feeling great. Now, we should have things that are happening that encourage us, of course, but it doesn't make me any closer to Jesus. It doesn't make me any more righteous in his in my standing before Father God, I, I am the same. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, whether I've had a good week or a bad week, because it's dependent upon Jesus, not on me. And that's good news. I mean, this is the gospel. The gospel is not Jesus died for you. Now live a good life. Now be a good person. Now please behave. Stop doing stupid things. Yes, stop doing stupid things, but do it because you want to, because your heart has been transformed. That's how you know that you're walking in faith, is it happens on the inside, not just the outside. There's a, there's a desire change that happens on the inside. You don't read the Bible because you have to. You read the Bible because you're like, I want to hear from you, Lord. I want to hear what you're saying. Not so I can check the boxes off. We all like, I like check boxes. You know, it's like, I read. I don't, I don't even use those anymore in my Bible reading. I, I have to let them go. Because it becomes, for me, about checking the boxes. And saying, check, check. I read the three chapters it told me to read. I, that's, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I did it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you need discipline? Do you need to start? Sometimes is that helpful just to get you in the habit? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what happens is, if that's a substitute for my relationship with God, then I have stepped into the works of the flesh. In other words, human effort to make myself right with God. And Paul is like, he's so against it. I mean, he uses this strong language that he's saying, look, this is, you know, anybody who's going to come in and say, you need to do this so that you're right with God, then wait a second. It's Jesus and trusting in Jesus and making him your Lord and Savior. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, you become, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are gone. Behold, the new has come. So I'm a new creation in Christ. Whether I'm performing my religious activities well or not and so in order to live where paul is living here the next section he says look you know it's by the spirit we serve god what by his spirit so in other words i'm relying on the holy spirit to change me I mean, it's the same thing. We talked about this in our Holy Spirit series, so this is kind of a repeat, you know. But it's, it's the new covenant. In Jeremiah 
God promised a new covenant. Jeremiah 31, he says, guess what? Here's, I'm going to change it up. It's not working. It's not working for you just to go through the, the religious activities and make yourself a better person. I want you actually to be transformed. So I'm going to take out your heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to give you a new heart. And it says, all my people will know me. In other words, there'll be a relationship. You'll have a connection with God. It's not just, I'm going, I'm going to church, and now I, I check the box, and I, I feel good. Hey, I went to church this week, so it's a good week. It's like, well, yeah, it's good to do that because it's an interaction with the people of God. But if it's just something to where I feel better in my relationship with God, then I'm substituting trust for myself for trust for the Lord. I'm trusting in my ability to be a good person or my ability to be a spiritual person rather than allowing the Holy Spirit. It says we serve God by his spirit. And we boast in Christ Jesus and we put no confidence in the flesh. What does that mean? I'm not going to trust my own ability. So there's two ways we put confidence in the flesh. Uh, Number one, I've already talked about. It's just we put our confidence in all the good things that we're doing. Should we do all those good things? Yeah, probably. But if that's just our way of feeling good about ourselves and not feeling guilty, then guess what? We're just in a religious performance. So that's one way we put confidence in the flesh. And the other way is this. We just rely on our, our natural ability. We have, all have natural giftings and strengths and talents that God gives us. And we can, just, we can live a good life with what God has just given us. There's all kinds of good people. Quote, unquote, good people. There's all kinds of nice people. People in other religions are nice sometimes. They might even be nicer than some Christians I've met. They might even be nicer than a lot of Christians I've met. (laughs) But they don't have the righteousness of God. They They haven't been transformed. They don't have faith in Jesus Christ. And so all of their righteousness is as filthy rags, as it says in the Bible. It says it's not enough. Because even if we could try to be a good enough person, it's still not enough. You're never going to be good enough to make it into heaven on your own. That's why Jesus had to come. Because only he is good enough to make it into heaven. And now Jesus says, because I died in your place and I was risen from the dead and I conquered death and I suffered for you. And now I'm sitting down in glory. I'm going to share my inheritance for everyone who trusts in me. God says, I will take the righteousness, the, the perfection of Jesus Christ, and I will put it on you. I mean, it's really amazing when we think about it. It's like it's so incredible. Like, why, would, why, would, why would God do that? Is that's why it's good news. The good news is that Jesus has made us righteous through his death and his resurrection. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I mean, it sounds bad to say it, doesn't it? Doesn't it say kind of like, like, sounds kind of cocky, right? I mean, I kind of like cocky sometimes, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where was I going with that? We don't know. <laughs> it sounds kind of cocky to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I mean, what if we inter- introduced ourselves like that? Hey, I'm John. Guess what? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's true. But it's not me. I don't I don't boast in me. I boast in Christ Jesus. The minute I boast in me, I'm outside the circle here. <laughs> So it's the outside versus the inside. And Paul says, look, he gives all these examples that don't mean much to us all. We look at this where he says, uh, hey, if anyone has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Now we read that and we go... Okay, <laughs> most most of that stuff means nothing to us, right? I mean, it's like okay, that doesn't that doesn't matter. But it's like he's he's checking all the boxes. In other words, he's for for the Jewish person, he's saying, "Look, I have it all. I I am I am the cream of the crop, you know." As far as following the law, look, I was a Pharisee, man. The Pharisees were, in other words, they were the ones that were like, "Hey, we're, we've got everything figured out, and we do it all right." I mean, it wasn't really true. Jesus says, outside you look good, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. You know, in other words, you look good on the outside, but your heart is far away from me. And so even then, Jesus was saying, look, it it doesn't matter. The outside is not what's important. What matters is a new creation. What matters is what has happened in your heart. Yes, it's going to affect your outside, but it has to start on the inside. And so Paul says, look, I've done all these things. I've done this, but all that stuff, I have, I, have, I have counted it as a loss. I mean, he's using, like, he's using like commercial words here. Profit and loss. So he's saying, look, all that stuff is like if I was bleeding money out <laughs> the kazoo in my business. Like, it, it means nothing to me anymore. And in fact, he says, look, think about this. All of the good things I did for God, they're like trash. Some of your Bibles might even say dung. So in other words, refuse, something, something disgusting. I mean, it's such strong language that Paul uses here. It's almost like graphic language where he says, look, I consider compared to knowing Jesus Christ. All this other amazing good stuff that looked good is 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 worthless. He says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. That's some serious language there. 
where he says, I have, I have given up everything to follow and know Jesus Christ. I want to know him so much that I want to know him not just in his resurrection, I want to know him in his sufferings. Everything about Jesus. I want everything about Jesus. I have to know Him. Everything else is zero. Everything else means nothing. Everything doesn't count. Everything everything else doesn't matter. If I don't know Jesus, then all of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I have a great prayer life. It doesn't matter if I have lots of good things happening. It doesn't matter if I pray for people and they get healed. It doesn't matter if I talk to people and God encourages and does amazing things. It doesn't matter if I prophesy. It doesn't matter if I write amazing songs that people sing around the world. None of that matters if I don't know Jesus. Because he says, look, all of the good things are trash. Every good thing I've done in my life is worthless. Unless I know Jesus Christ. So not only does Paul say, look, this is wrong. I mean, he takes it to a whole nother level. He says, look, here's where I'm at. I just want to know Jesus. And I get the righteousness. To be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. In other words, that comes from following all the religious rules. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith, on the basis of trusting him. You know, I, re- I read this language and I and I. I honestly go, I don't, I don't know if I'm right there, Lord. I don't know if this is really true. I mean, this is where it's Jesus, just Jesus right here. Where he's saying, Jesus, I just want to know you. I mean, most of us, if we're honest, and I'm including myself, we want all the benefits of Jesus, but we want, we want it's not just, not just knowing him, I want all the other stuff too. I, I, it's, it's not Jesus is... Yeah, he's part of the deal, of course. But he does all these amazing things and I get all this stuff. And, and it's like, what if, what if that wasn't there? There's all kinds of people that walk away from God when it's like, oh, I didn't, I, my prayers weren't answered. So, I, you know, it didn't, it didn't work for me. I tried it. I tried it. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Well, I tried that and it didn't work. I mean, basically what you're saying is God didn't do what I wanted him to do. In other words, it didn't work, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. Is Jesus enough if none of my prayers are answered the rest of my life? I mean, that's how hardcore Paul is here. He's like, all the good stuff, all the good things I can even do for God are trash. They're garbage compared to knowing Jesus. And the good news is this, is that Jesus is knowable. 
He's, it's not like he's not far off where you have to like, okay, someday, someday you'll be amazing enough. <laughs> and you'll really know me. I mean, that was the promise in the Old Testament in, in Jeremiah. I think it's Jeremiah. <laughs> they will all know me from the least to the greatest. So it does, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a leader. You don't even have to be an amazing person. Everybody has the opportunity to really know Jesus. What a gift that is. Where he says, you get to know me. You get to know my heart. I get to share my life with you. And I think there's a cry in Paul here where Paul is saying, You know, I haven't arrived yet. I mean, here it sounds like Paul, but he says, look, I want to know. He says, you know, I want to know more. I I want to know you. You know, and sometimes we just need to come back to that simple relationship with him to strip away all the other things. I've heard so many people talk about that uh, with, you know, sometimes, you know, as leaders, (laughs) <laughs> talking with other pastors, uh, I heard the same thing, and I'll just use the, the illustration of Bible reading again. Uh, you know, in Foursquare, there's a very popular thing called uh, the Life Journal. And there was a, a pastor in Hawaii uh, who started this thing called the Life Journal. It was this journal and this way of, of having your devotions with God. So it's a very good tool. <laughs> and you have a, a Bible reading plan, you read it, and you see what's there, you write down the scripture, and you observe, you know, what's the observation, what is the scripture saying, then you make an application, the A, what, how does this apply to my life, and then you write out a prayer. It's SOAP, the SOAP method, okay? And so, like, it was a four-square pastor that invented this, and so, you know, thousands upon thousands, and all these leaders, it's like, here's the way, and this guy was like the... He's an amazing pastor. I mean, not only was his church large, but like he was the guy that like he just was so full of joy. I mean, so full of uh, it's uh, what is his name? Pastor Wayne Cordero in, in Hawaii. I don't know if it's because he lived in Hawaii. that He's full of the joy. <laughs> God called me to pastor in Hawaii. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of y'all. Some of you got sent to West Texas, but whatever. You know, you have to follow where Jesus tells you to go. Right. So. Why did he send you to Hawaii? I don't know, you know, right, Jerry? Why did Jesus call the West Texas? But I like West Texas. I like visiting Hawaii and then leaving, okay? So, <laughs> but he's just full of joy. And so it's like, <laughs> excuse me. So everyone, you know, like everyone does this. Like, this is how, this is what you do. This is what you do. And I was on this call, with these, this uh, leadership call where we had, you know, we went through emotionally healthy leader with all these uh, other leaders and then we kept meeting afterwards. Our group was done. And then our, our group kept meeting every month. It's just a neat group of pastors, from some from North Carolina, some from some California, some from some other places that I don't remember right now. And, you know, we're all over the country. And we get together. And, and almost every single one of them, at one point, we started talking about just how we, you know, our, how we're doing. You know, it's not just like this, you know, it's how we're doing. It's like, yeah, I used to do the Life Journal, but I just had to set it down because it became like, 
you know, it became a ritual for me. It became a, just a, a thing that I did, and it, there was no life in it. So it's, now it's like, now I'm just like, I'm just taking one passage of Scripture, and I just read it slowly, and I do, I'm, not, I'm not trying to finish the Bible, uh, you know, in, in a week or a year or 90 days. Nothing against that, of course. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just doing something different because I had to set that thing aside because that became my righteousness, in other words, I've done, my, I've done my life journal. Now I'm good with God. So now it's no longer a relationship. It's a religious activity. And I mean, there's like four or five people were saying the same thing. And I was like going, yeah, I've, I've had the same thing happen where I was just like, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read this, this one section. I've even got to where I'm, it sounds bad. <laughs> Confession time. Where I'm like, I'm not even going to read this whole chapter. I'm just going to read this one section. It's just one thing. I'm just going to think. I'm just going to try to think about what did, what's Jesus doing here. You know, if I'm in the Gospels, I'm like, what is it, what is this saying? Where I'm like, I'm just going to stop. I'm not even going to keep going. I can pick this up tomorrow. I can pick this up later. I can pick this up some other time. But what? It, this is a relationship. This is about me knowing Jesus Christ. It's not about me feeling like a good pastor because I've read more of the Bible than someone else this week. What if I read less of the Bible than you this week? What if I read one verse, but I know Jesus better? Because that's the goal. Jesus talked about all the Pharisees, all these people. He's like, they had the religious activity down. But when Jesus showed up, they didn't even recognize him because they were so caught up in their religious activities. And I think it's just a a warning to us all and a reminder to be careful that my religious activity for God does not substitute for my relationship with him. It's really about me knowing Jesus. Jesus even said, you search the scriptures. In other words, you know this stuff backwards and forwards, but you refuse to come to me to have life. And so it may not be that for you. Your Bible reading time may be amazing for you. Hey, keep doing it. Please read the Bible. (laughs) It is good to do that, but it's good to do that in relationship. If God stirs your heart to say, read through the Bible in 90 days, then guess what? Yeah, go read through the Bible in 90 days because it's based on relationship, not on me trying to do something good and say, guess what I did? For those of us that are more drawn to performance, we have to, be, we have to guard against that more. I'm that, I'm that person. So maybe, I, maybe that's why I'm speaking this today. It's like it's easy for me to just go... When I'm going good, I feel good about myself. Rather than, what is Jesus saying about me? What is, what is he speaking in my life? That's how I'm really going to have a feel-good moment. And again, I know it's not about feelings. I'm just using it as an illustration. But it's like, how am I really better off is if I know Jesus better. So let's just close our eyes right now. 
not even going to have you stand like we normally do. I'm just going to say, let's just, let's just let God speak to us. We need to know you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to minister to our hearts. I feel like the Lord would would call some of us back to our first love. To say, when it was enough just to be with me. When it was enough to just know me. Maybe there's something you just need to lay down before the Lord that's become your righteousness, that's become your your badge of like, hey, this I'm doing pretty good. You just need to lay it down and, and put it at the foot of the cross. You say, Jesus, it's it's nothing compared to knowing you. Lord, right now, I just, I just pray that you would help us get to know you better. Just even right now where you're at, if, if that's your prayer, just say, Lord, I want to I know you. I want to know you more. Lord, I want to I know you. I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to just be a good person. I don't want to just check all the boxes off. I want to actually know you. Thank you, God, for turning our hearts towards you and away from ourselves. Lord, help us guard against even the subtle things that come in and try to make it about us. That we, that we somehow, we, we, we twist it around and somehow it still becomes about us rather than about you. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to bring shh, to flood our hearts with light. Speak to us through your word, Lord, as we read it. Lord, even speak to us how we're to read your word. Maybe we haven't even bothered to ask you in a while. Say, what do you want me to how do you want me to interact with your with your word right now, God? Maybe he just keeps you in one book or one chapter for like a whole month and says you're gonna you just need to soak in this. I don't know. Let him speak to you. Lord, let us hear what you're saying to us. Let it be a relationship with you, God. Let it be, let it be life-giving. Let it be full of, full of hope and encouragement. Lord, not striving, not putting confidence in our own abilities. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to do that. We invite you to work on our hearts. We invite you to, to clear away, Lord, our own religious trappings our own pharisaical heart that sometimes tries to rear its head and, and say, I'm way better than that other person. Help us keep it simple to get to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer,
please come on up. Our leaders will be up here if you need prayer for anything. Uh, we want to pray with you before you go.